how you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Kuf Gimel, Daf 103 of Masech Kama. Friends, 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 yo. I know I'm about to laugh, but this is serious stuff. Um, whatever, I was thinking about something funny. Oh, okay, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Okay, okay. Bava Kama. Bava Kama is Gishmak. Okay. Um, we got a lot to do. Got a lot to do. Got a lot to do. We have got a lot to do. Oy, boy, I don't even remember what this stuff talks about. Oh my gosh. All right. We got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. This is a big old duff. Big old duff. It's ready. It's almost 5 p.m. Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, we're doing Bavakama now. We're doing Daf Kuf Gimel, Masech the Bavakama. All right. We got some work to do on Daf Kuf Bez and Bez at the end. And then, okay, Daf Kuf Gimel, we can get to, you know, five, between five and ten lines down on Daf Kuf Dal. So, so, so we got it. We got our work cut out, but it's going to be great. Okay. We're going to start on Daf Kuf Bez, Amud Bez. What, what is, is that my beard? I think my beard is hitting my, like, I, I don't know, myself. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. So second of the wide lines on Daf Kufamud Beis, Kuf Beis Amud Beis. Oh gosh, I hope I'm not gonna get tired. It's, I mean, it's not even five o'clock, but I'm just like a little tired. One second. All right, let's do it. Tana Rabban, the Rabbis told Lokeach Sode Ua. Okay, this is Gavaldik. Okay, now I remember. <laughs> now I remember what it's talking about. Lokeach Sode B'Shem. Okay, this is Gavaldik. Lokeach Sode B'Shem Chaveru Ua. Uwa, uwa wa. Okay, so somebody who so Shimon uh, purchases a field. Uh, oh gosh, from from a guy. Okay, and he says, "Hey guy, who's selling me his field? Do me a favor. Write don't, don't write my Shimon. Don't don't write my name in the document. Write my friend Ruven's name in the document. Okay." Kilo, you're selling it to Ruven. Keep me out of it. Right, it's like that guy, uh, there's like nothing shady going on here, right? <laughs> Although, the truth is, the reason why he's doing it is because he wants, uh, he want his friend, I guess, is a powerful, f- we're, we're going to get into it in a second, but Be'etzemi, uh, we're going to get into it in a second. Uh, okay. uh, you know, how about this, Let, let's just go by it for a second, one second, I think I, okay, fine. Let's go right there. Okay, so. Okay, so you have Shimon. Shimon is buying a field. And he says to the seller, he says, you know what? Don't write my name in the document. Write my friend Ruben's name. Ain Kofin also Lim Kor. So we do not uh, force uh, 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 Ruben, the friend, to now sell the field back to Shimon. Okay. Fine. And if Shimon had said to the seller under the condition, I guess that Ruvain sells it back to him, we can get into the details exactly what's at this point, like the Gemara doesn't the Gemara hasn't explained yet what this means. Um Kofin also Limkor said we would force, I guess, Ruvain to sell to Shimon. Okay, my comer. Well what's going on? Let's make sense of this. Amr of Shesh, says of Sheshus. Hochi Kamar, this is what's going on. Okay, here we go. 
Here we go. So, Shimon's buying a field. And he says, you know what? Instead of writing my name in the document, how about this? Write that it's the Reish Gelusa who is buying the field. Why would he want to do that? Well, because people are going to hear, oh, the Reish Gelusa that bought that field. They're not going to cause any problems. They're not going to, you know, they're going to say, okay, they're going to stay away from that field. It's the race, nobody's giving them a hard time or anything. It's the, right, it's the race Galusa's field. Let's not pull any shtick. So, so, so he says, don't write it in my name. Write it in the name of the race Galusa. And he's hoping that you know that right, that uh, because it's uh, in the name of the race Galusa, I guess people are gonna kind of I don't know, not 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 give him any trouble. Who's the race Galusa? The race Galusa is the the exilarch. He was. Uh, I don't know exactly, but he, I guess he was some kind of powerful figure in like the Jewish community over there in Bavl. Ain Kofin also Rage Galusa Limkor. Now we don't force the Rage Galusa to now sell the field back to uh, Shimon, right? Meaning Shimon's the one buying the field, and um, you know just for a sort of. What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, just for sort of um, mm, 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 like secondary kind of reasons, but that's not the word I'm thinking of. Whatever, just for secondary reasons or whatever, for technical reasons, he's saying to put the Reish Galusha the conse- mm, uh, name on the Reish the Reish Galusha's name on it, but we don't force the Reish Galusha now to kind of write a document to Shimon. So that Shimon can now, you know, is that it's Shimon's got the paperwork to prove that it's his. But if Shimon said, "I'm buying it, I'm buying the field under the condition that the Reish Galusa write this field back to me, give me the paperwork to show that it's really mine." Kofin as Reish Galusa Limkor. So if Shimon, when he bought the field, said, "I'm buying it under the, right, write it for the for the Reish Galusa." But it's only under the condition, I'm only buying this field under the condition that the Rej Galusa is then going to give me back, the, or give me the paperwork to prove that it's really mine. So in that case, the Rej Galusa, we, we would say that the Rej Galusa needs to um, provide Shimon with that paperwork. Amar we had just said, that um, somebody who buys a field and he, and, and he says, hey, write the paperwork for the Rej Galusa. Ain Kofin also Reish Galusa Limkor. So we do not force the Reish Galusa to now provide the paperwork for this guy who we're calling Shimon uh, so that he has the paperwork to show that it's really his. Michlal de Mikno So the implication is that when um, Shimon says, hey, write the field and put the Reish Galusa's name in it, so it then belongs to the Reish Galusa. It then belongs to the Reish Galusa. We're saying that the Reish Galusa doesn't have to write paperwork to give it back to Shimon. Let's say that this argues on the Bnei Mairove that we saw at the end of the day yesterday. The army that they say, That we talked yesterday about the investor and the guy. So, so... There was a Shiloh of, well, when he's bought, when the guy is buying the wheat from the wheat monger, so then, 
then how does the wheat monger know to be makna the wheat to the investor? So like, therefore, the question is like, how does the Reish Kalusa own it? Well, but that's not really a question because maybe you were thinking, maybe my friends at Babylon Talmud were already thinking the same thing, but well, we're talking about where Shimon had told the owner of the field to write it in the name of the Reish Kalusa and he told the witnesses that it's going to be written for the Reish Kalusa. So like, you know, the person who was selling knew to um, be selling it to the Reish Galusa. So what's the problem? El Eima, rather, El, okay, fine. So El Eima Seifa, okay, but I'll ask you a kasha from the Seifa. Amanas, Kofin, Oso, Reish Galusa, Limkor. That if Shimon says to the seller, should we call him Reuven? Why not? If Shimon, I feel, I feel like it feels a little weird that we have like a Shimon without a Reuven. I don't know why I did that. I, I, I don't know. I think maybe I thought there was going to be another character here or something. So now, if Shimon is buying the field from Ruvain, and Shimon tells Ruvain that I'm only buying it under the condition that the Reish Galusa is going to then provide me ultimately with the paperwork, where am I? Kofin also Reish Galusa them course. So then, if that's the case, that it was under that condition, then we force the Reish Galusa to sell, to provide the paperwork to Shimon. Am I? But how come? That's not fair. Vilema Reish Galusa. Let the Reish Galusa say, Look, just leave me alone. Leave me out of this. It's very nice that you want to honor me to show how important I am, how choshev I am, that if my name is on a property, that means that the people are going to leave it alone. That's very flattering. But if it means that now I'm going to have to write paperwork for everybody who wants to buy a field and use my name, eh, forget it. Forget about it. Just leave me alone. So how, how come we have to, you know, this guy says, uh, Shimon says to Reuven, I'm buying the field, uh, uh, put the Reish Galusa's name on it, but only under the condition that he writes, gives me back the paperwork. Reish Galusa says, forget it, I don't need this headache. Leave me out of it. Omar Abai, rather says Abai, Omar, this is Pshat. Okay. So if Shimon is buying the field from Reuven and he says, hey, write it out to the Reish Galusa. In kofin es mocher limkor zimnach risa, we don't force Reuven, the seller, to write another set of paperwork, this time for Shimon. Right? I mean, if Shimon's telling Reuven, write the paperwork for the Reish Galusa, we don't force Reuven to write Nochamol paperwork for Shimon so that Shimon has the paperwork that he needs. But if uh, uh, Shimon said, I'm only buying it under the condition that you provide me with paperwork in my name as well. So then we do force Ruvain to provide the double paperwork. Once for the Reish Galusa, once for Shimon. So we just said, that if Shimon purchases this field from Ruvain and he puts in the Reish Galusa's name. Ein kofin esamocher limkor zimna achrise. We do not force Ruvain to provide the paperwork again, this time for Shimon, Pita, that should be obvious. But, ma'udetemu, 
I may have thought to say, Motsiomale that Shimon considered Ruven the seller. Meida Yodat, come on, Ruven, you certainly knew Obviously, come on, you knew that I was obviously buying it for myself. I was saying to write the paperwork for the Reish Galusa, but you knew that I was obviously writing, buying it for myself. And I was just looking for some uh, um, um, security. You know, the only reason why I mentioned the Reish Galusa is that the people, nobody will give me a hard time because because they see that the Reish Galusa is behind it. But... But really, of course, Reuven, you knew, obviously, of course, that I was buying it for myself, Shimon. And I'm not just going to throw my money in the garbage. I'm not just going to, you know, spend money to buy a field for the Reish Galusa and not for myself. Come on. So obviously you knew I was buying it for myself. Come on. Provide the paperwork. I'm only buying it because I, I, come on, I figured you were gonna, you were gonna provide me with, with, with paperwork for myself too. Kamash Malon. So what it's coming to say is the Omarle that, um, Reuven says to Shimon, sorry buddy, in Yono Avdi Loch, um, uh, I don't remember how to read this, but whatever. I, I, I know what it's saying, though. I, maybe it reads like this. Look, I did business with you. Something's funny here. Look, that's what he's saying is, look, uh, Shimon, you asked me to write the paperwork for Reish Galusa. I wrote the paperwork for the Reish Galusa. You work it out with him. How does he read that though? Totally in Yona Avdi Loch Badeau de Zavant Le Bishme. Dag Nabit. Should I look up how to read that? Oh fine. It's 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 kind of reads weird. Okay, let me look up how to read that. Uh let's see, how does this read? How does this read? Okay. For the seller may sell to say to him, I presume that some kind of stip Ah okay, 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 okay. For the seller may say to him, I presume that some kind of stipulation was made with the one in whose name you bought the field, and that he would write for you another deed. Thus it was never self-understood that I would write the second deed. Oh, okay. Meaning, Ruvain says to Shimon, look, yeah, it is true. It's obvious. Yeah, obviously I knew that you were buying it for yourself and you were just using the Reish Galusa's name so that the people wouldn't, nobody would give you a hard time. I get it. But I also figured that you worked it out with the Reish Galusa. I didn't realize I was going to have to, I mean, I, I figured, okay, you want to play shtick, whatever, you want to use the Reish Galusa's name, fine, I'll write, tell me who to write it to, I'll write it, you're Reish Galusa, I'll write the paperwork for the Reish Galusa, but I'm not writing it a second time, I figured, you know, you and the Reish Galusa had worked it out, and you were going to go to him, but, so yeah, I knew you were buying it for yourself, but I didn't know that I was going to have to provide all the paperwork, I figured you would, uh, after doing this ploy, you would then work it out to make sure that you get the paperwork that you need from him, okay. Okay, so Nona Aviloch Bade Haud Zovant Lay Bishme Bihtov Loch Starachrinan. It still reads kind of weird, but uh, anyways, work it out with the Reish Galusa. Vimamala Manas Kofin Esam Mocher Limkor. Okay, now if Shimon says to Ruven, I'm only buying the field from you under the condition that you provide me the paperwork for myself as well. Pshita, that should be obvious. Right, uh, meaning, so in that case, Ruben has to provide double paperwork. 
Pshita, that should be obvious. If that's the condition, that's the condition. Well, it's talking about where Shimon said to Reuven's witnesses, so I guess we're going to be writing the, you know, doing the paperwork. Domenu decided that he says to the witnesses, in front of Reuven, hey, I'm going to need another document also, this one written out to me. Um, that uh, Reuben could say to Shimon, Amina shtorimea eich dikoshokal bishmei ko omart. Wait, what? Kamajman de omale lehochi tarchi ve omri lehu leedim kamoch diminahu diko boino. Ah, okay, fine. Aha, okay, fine, fine, fine. Fine. So the Amalu the side Kamidide, Khazud Shtarachwina Kabaina Lu Kabaino. So Madhima Mati Omala that Ruven can say to Shimon, Amina Shtarmea Eich Dika Shokal Bishmei Ka Omart. Right that, right that. So I thought you were saying that you're gonna get a document from the Raish Kalusa, not from me. Kamaj Malon, the Omalay that Shimon says to Ruven, Lochi Tarhi Vamilu the Aidim Kamak, that's why Dafka said to the witnesses in front of you, in your presence, Demina Hu. Dikobaino that no, I dafka want the document from you, not from the Reish Galusa. Alright, fine. Okay, so if Kahana had put down some money for flax, okay? If Kahana had bought flax from a flax monger, and um, I don't know where I found this number. Oh yeah, Rashi talks about four and eight. So, um, so if Kahana bought uh, some flax from a flax monger, and can you just use monger for like anybody who sells anything? Why not? Why not? Why not? So 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 uh, if Kahana had purchased some flax from a flax monger, and he purchased the flax for four zuz. Okay, I don't really know how much four zuz is in dollars. But anyways, the sof Iker, we don't say four zuz or eight zuz in the Gemara, but Rashi, I think, was uh, using those numbers. How much is four zuz? Uh, what's like a sella? Is it four zuz in a sella or four sellas in a something? I don't remember. Is it four zuz in a sella? There was the zuz, what was it, like the zuz Medina and the zuz Something else? Tsipori? I don't know. Z- z- okay, let's go fight. Rufkana, you have Zuzu Akitona. So Rufkana had purchased some flax from a flax monger. Lesof Aiker Kitona. And then the flax uh, doubled in value. Now, so, uh, so, when, so, so Rufkana had given the, the flax monger uh, four Zuz for some flax, and that flax is now worth eight Zuz. Zabne Marvose di Kitona. And then the flax monger. Then sold Rav Kahana's flax. Now Rav Kahana never picked up the flax. The flax, the, it was still by the flax monger. And then the flax monger monged it to somebody, mongered it to somebody else for, for, for double the amount, for eight. Also the Kami de Rav. So Rav Kahana came before Rav. And Rav Kahana says, what do I do? Because Be'etzim, he paid four Zuz for the flax. But 
now what he's going to be getting in return is eight. So he gave four and he's getting eight. The question is, is that like a shtikl interest, shtikl ribis? Ezel ishkul zuzoi. Okay, fine. Wait, where am I? Also, the comment derived, Amali ma'ayve. Ezel ishkul zuzoi. Can I go? Am I reading this right? Why? Why do I feel like I'm like not reading things right today? So like, can I go and uh, collect my eight zuz? Because that's what my flax was worth at the time that the flax monger mongered it to somebody else. Omerle iko ikiko zabne amre haikitono dekehano who well if. When the flaxmonger sold Rav Kahana's flax to somebody else, the flaxmonger had informed them, by the way, this is Rav Kahana's flax that you are purchasing. Zil Shkol. Well, then you can collect the money from the flaxmonger, right? So the flaxmonger sold uh, Rav Kahana's flax to somebody else for eight zuz. If the flaxmonger had informed that purchaser, that it's Rav Kahana's flax. So the purchaser figured, ah, okay, that money is going to go to Rav Kahana, so then you can go and collect your money. The Elo, but if the flaxmonger did not say that, well then, Lo Tishko, well then Rav Kahana, you cannot take the eight Zuz because um, it looks kind of like uh, interest, right? That you're giving four Zuz and you're getting back eight Zuz. Kiman ki Bnei it's like the Bnei Mayrova, the Amri mi Odil leval chitin, shiak nechitin leval mos. Right, it's like the Bnei Mayrova that we saw yesterday with the wheat monger, that when the guy purchases the wheat from the wheat monger, right, the wheat monger needs to have in mind that the money is going, or at least the question was, does he have in mind that the money is going to the investor too? So here also we're saying that the that, that the purchaser from the from the flax monger must have he had to know that it was ultimately going to Rav Kahana. Otumi Yoiv Rav Kahana Arba Vishokil Tamne. One second. The Gemara says, come on, come on, come on. Rav Kahana purchased flax from a flax monger. This is not a situation of, you know, giving four and getting back eight, which, we, you know, could be concerned about ribis. This is not that. Rav Kahana purchased four zuz worth of flax. The flax belongs to him. It increased in his flax is what increased in value. He, all he's doing is getting back his stuff. So to me, Rav Kahana, Tamne. This isn't a scenario where Rav Kahana is giving four zuz and getting back eight zuz. No way. Who de Rav Kahana had purchased flax, and the flax increased in value once Rav Kahana had already owned it. Migzul Gazlu, and the Flaxmonger then stole it from Rav Kahane when he sold it to another person. It wasn't his to sell. He had already sold it to Rav Kahane. That thieves pay like at the time of the theft. When did the fishmonger steal Rav Kahane's flax? When he sold it to the other guy. When he sold it to the other guy, it was worth eight zuz. So Rav Kahane is entitled to the full eight zuz. So why is Rav talking about, you know, that the purchaser had to know that it's Rav Kahana? I mean, Rav Kahana is entitled to the eight zuz. 
So Amri Osam Amone Havoi Velo Moshe Rav Kehano Le Kitono. Wow. Well, the scenario there with Rav Kana's flax, he didn't exactly purchase the flax from the flax monger in the way that you might think that he went and he, and he picked out his flax. He paid for it. He picked it up. It's his. No. The arrangement was, it was, it was a, 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 a thing. I don't know. Basically, the deal, it was a deal that if Kana plays a, pays a flat fee of four zuz today, and that entitles him to flax no matter what the price is. Even if flax goes up in value, he still purchases for the four zuz. And, that, and that's what it was. That he had never actually, it was never actually his. He had never actually picked it up. He had, he had sort of signed up for this deal where he puts down four zuz, and then he's entitled to flax at whatever value the flax is at the time. And what when Rav the time made Rav is according to his reasoning, Rav who had said that the purchaser from the flax monger would have had to known that it was going to Rav Kahana. Otherwise, we have to be concerned about ribis. Because Rav Litaime, Dom Rav, Rav says, Osin Amone Bipayris, then Osin Amone Bidomim. That you can do this deal where you put down four Zuz and you, and then you're entitled to flax even if it doubles in price and it's worth eight Zuz. You can do that as long as what you're receiving is flax. If you put down four Zuz and you get back flax and that flax happens to now be worth eight Zuz, that's Beseder. But if you put down four Zuz and you're getting back the value of the flax, and you're, so Be'etzim, you're putting down four Zuz for flax, the flax monger then sold it to somebody else when it was worth eight Zuz, and now you're getting back eight Zuz. So you put down four Zuz and you're getting back eight Zuz. Well, then we have to be concerned about interest and Rav Kana would only be allowed to accept it if the, if, if, if the purchaser knew that he was purchasing Rav Kana's uh, flax so that he had in mind that the money would go to Rav Kana. Well, Chavez, that requires a lot of, a lot of koiches, a lot of, a lot of koiches, a lot of koiches. We're, yeah, we're ready. Yeah, yeah, he's a big old dafs, Bavakama, Bavakama, big old dafs, Bavakama, Bavakama, big leagues. All right. We're doing good though, we're in Daf Kuf Gimel, Mesech to Bavakama, like two weeks left. This is Givaldic. Chavez, we're doing big stuff over here at Babylon, Tom. Big, big stuff. Okay. New Mishnah. Hagozel es chaveo shove puto. Okay. A fellow uh, steals from his fellow a shove puto. Okay. Puto's worth. Vinishbalo. And he swore. Okay. So Shimon steals a shove puto from Ruven. Or maybe Ruven steals it from Shimon. All right. I'm starting to get shtickle tired. What time is it now? It's 5.15. I get tired. I get tired. All right, but it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, it's fine, it's fine. I'm not losing my short-term memory yet. Hago, no, I, I think. Okay, so Ruvain stole a Shavaputa from Shimon. Benishbalo, and Ruvain then swore, I don't know what you're talking about. I swear that I did not steal a Puta from you. And then he admits it. And then he has a guilty conscience. And he says, you know what? Um, no, I really did. I did steal it from Shimon. So Ruven needs to get that money back to Shimon, even if it means he's got to travel all the way to Modai. Lo yitain, lo livno, v'lo 
Don't give that money to Shimon's son. Don't give it to his messenger. Give it to him. But Ruven can give it to a messenger of Bezdin and the messenger of Bezdin will hold on to it until Shimon collects it from him. That, that would be acceptable. If Shimon dies, so then Ruven should give the money to his heirs. If Ruven paid uh, Shimon the principal amount, but not the extra home, uh, uh, fifth, because um, of, of course, uh, if you right, if you uh, steal and then swear that you didn't and then admit it, so you have to pay the principal plus a chomish plus an asham. Okay. If Shimon says, you know what, forget about, you don't have to return the principal amount, but the chomesh, the extra fifth, you do, all right, uh, just return that. Or if Shimon said to Reuven, you know, forget about it. Don't, don't, don't uh, pay me back the Karen. Don't pay me back the Chomesh. Um, just pay me back uh, this little shtickle that's uh, less than a Shavar Puta. So in all of those cases, right, where he doesn't have to pay, right, 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 where he paid the Karen but not the Chomesh, where he was, uh, Shimon was Mocha on the Karen but not the Chomesh, or where the only... Right, Shimon was mochah and everything except for less than a shavaputa. Well, in that case, Ruvain no longer needs to chase after Shimon to return it to him. But if Ruvain paid Shimon back only the added fifth, but he didn't pay back the principal amount, or if Shimon says, you know what, forget about it, don't pay me back the extra Fifth, but the principal amount I want. Or if Shimon was mochel on the Karen and the Chomish, just with the exception of one Pruta from the Karen. In all of these scenarios, right? So, so then Reuven needs to chase after Shimon to make sure that he returns it to Shimon. Interesting. So remember, Reuven had stolen from Shimon. Reuven had sworn that he did not steal from Shimon. He then admitted that he stole from Shimon. So now he has to pay the principal plus a fifth. And then what he does is, so he pays the principal amount, but then he swears that he paid already the Chomesh, even though he didn't. So now what he's swearing falsely about now is this fifth. So I raise him a shalom chomesh al chomesh. So now he's swearing that he did that, that he already paid the chomesh. He then admits it. So now he's got to pay back the chomesh plus a fifth of that. Okay, I raise him a shalom chomesh al chomesh. Actually, it's my Karen Mishvei Pruta. Until sort of right, so oh my gosh, this could this could get you into some kind of like uh, infinite loop over here. But Be'etzem, uh, the uh, um, uh, uh, he returned the Karen. He then swore that he didn't return the Chomesh. Wait, what? He then swore that he already returned what? He returned the principal amount. He swore that he already returned the Chomesh, but he didn't. Then he uh, admits that he didn't. 
So now the Chomesh becomes the principal amount and you have to pay a fifth from that. If he then pays back the Chomesh and then swears that he paid the fifth of the fifth, but he didn't, and then he uh, uh, admitted it, so then that fifth of the fifth becomes the principal amount. And then if he pays that back and then uh, swears that he didn't, and he swears that he paid back also the fifth of the fifth of the fifth, but then he uh, admits it, uh, he pays a fifth of uh, the... Uh, until uh, that, uh, the, what, he's, the, what, he, what he's swearing falsely about is less than a Shavaputa. All right, all right, all right. Look, I, I like to keep things big and chunky. I can work through, like, hairy problems. But not when they get, like... Into, into the nitty-gritty, man. I, I don't really do nitty-gritty so much. I like to, I, I, you know, I very much like to think, I like to think of solutions. I like to work through problems, come up with elegant solutions and stuff. I, that, that's nice. Figure out how everything works together. That's good. That I like doing. I don't really get into the, into like the details too, like, 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 I was going to say the weeds, but I was, I was watching uh, this like, whatever, this like interview recently and this fellow who was like a little bit silly kept on talking about getting into the weeds and just kind of ruined that phrase for me. But yeah, Why am I talking about this? Because I'm avoiding, um, I'm avoiding going fighter because it's going to require me to use my brain. And I guess maybe because it's like a little weedy. Right. And I was saying, oh, I, I usually, I, I usually like Bashita try to avoid the weeds because I feel like the weeds isn't where you want to be. Once you're in the weeds already, it's like that, that's where things become like infinite kind of loopy, which is like what I was just saying a minute ago, like the fifth of the fifth of the fifth of the fifth of the fifth. It's like that's I don't want to be in that infinite loop. I want to I want to be in the concepts. Let's go by there. So it is Mishalim Chomesh al Chomesh Achi Ismait Akarin Mishvei Puta. Fine. V'chein b'pikarin. And also when it comes to a, um, a uh, Picardin, right? If uh, Shimon had uh, asked uh, a, a, a Reuben to custodian something for him, and then he, he swears that he doesn't know what he's talking about, then okay, fine. Uh, but Picardin, as the puzzle says, Picardin, Picardin um, a, uh, what's a Picardin? Like a, a, a deposit, I think. Uh, or like uh, by loan, Obegezel, or theft. Okay, I guess we talked about theft. Oh, Ashak Esamito. What's Ashak? Oh, Schar Sochir. Ah, okay. Um, says Rashi. Harizah Mishalim Ken V'chomish V'ashim. So, okay. So, in all these cases, if he... Wait, where am I? Matza... Wait, what? What? What did I do? Assume he's out of Begazo. Ashak Esamito. Oh, Matza Aveda. Or if he found a lost object, V'kichajba, and he um, denied it, V'nishba uh, al-Sheker, and he swore falsely about it, Harizah Mishalim Ken V'chomish V'ashim. He pays the principal amount plus um, an added fifth plus a Corbin Ashram. All right, let me pause the video for a second just to snap into energy mode. All right, says the Gemara. Nishba low in, low nishba low, low. Param, pam, param. Okay, I'm like totally stalling here because like, um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm just like, I'm super tired. I'm just like exhausted. Not even exhausted. I'm just like tired. And I know that there's like, we got to move slowly through this Gemara. And I'm just like, I know that I need to like put in like a lot of effort and work slowly. But I also know that it's going to require so much energy. And I just like don't want to put in all this energy, but I have to. 
Let's do it. I don't want to be complaining about this because we all uh, we got work to do, and 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 that's it. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. We're just going to go weiter. I'm going to put all my energy into it, and it's going to be great. Nishbalo in lo nishbalo lo pam pam. So the uh, Mishnah had said that if Reuven had stolen from Shimon and he did not, he, and, he, and he swore that 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 that, that he didn't steal anything, then he has a guilty conscience and he admits it. So then uh, he's got to make sure that that Shimon gets it back. He's got he's got to chase after Shimon. Okay. All right. By the way, remember the last. Okay. The other day we had possibly our longest Babylon Talmud ever, an hour and a half. Just a few weeks before that, there was a um, another daf that was like an hour and twenty minutes, say an hour eighteen minutes or something. I was at a chasana that. Um, I think I was reviewing that that long daf at a chasana. Anyways, um, I just realized that the same cousin is making a chasana. I guess probably right now. Obviously, I'm not going. It's not in Yerushalayim. For me to go to chasana, it pretty much has to be in Yerushalayim. But anyways, um, I'm saying this because this is another pretty long daf. Like imagine I was at that chasana again. Like every time I'm at that chasana, we have these long dafs. This isn't even that. I mean, it's just a slow daf. Especially if you complain all the time. Nishbalo in lo nishbalo lo. So, 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 Davka, because Reuven had swore, sworn falsely um, and then admitted it, that's why he needs to chase after Shimon. But if he hadn't sworn falsely, if he hadn't made a shvuah, so he wouldn't have to, I guess, chase after Simon in the same way. Like maybe in that case, he would be able to like give it to his kids or or, or something. Okay. So Nishbalo in Davka because he had sworn. Lo Nishbalo lo. But if he hadn't sworn, so then we wouldn't have that same level of sort of uh, stringency. Money. Who is our Mishnah like? Lo Rib Tarfin v'lo Rabakiva. It's like neither Rib Tarfin nor like Rabakiva. The Ta the Tznan that we learn in the Mishnah. If a fellow steals from one of five people, but he doesn't know, he's not sure which one. He stole from one of five people, and he's not sure which from, from, from whom. Which of the five? And he's a bunch of shmendricks. And of course, everyone's like, oh, he doesn't know who it is. All right, well, who's me? Everyone's claiming that they're the one who got stolen from. Oh, boy. So look, Tarfin says, okay, if all if these people are going to be sorry, like, look, this guy um, uh, stole something. He wants to give it back. These guys are being a bunch of schmendricks. All right, stealer guy, just take the thing, put it in the middle, walk away, uh, let them figure it out. Right, so Maniach Gizela Benaim Umistalik Tivrib Tarfin. Tarfin says, just take the thing, put it on the floor in front of them, and let them figure out who gets it. Rabbi Akiva Omer says, Rabbi Akiva, Lozo Aderech Motsiyasumidei Avere. No, that won't work. Adshi Yishalem Gizela Lachol Echod Veechod. Rabbi Akiva says that uh, he's going to have to. Pay back all five of them. If all right, he stole from one of them. All five of them are claiming that he stole from them, right? But that they, that they were the victim of the theft. 
Well, in order to ensure, right, I meaning he has to make sure that the lost object, not the, right, that, the, uh, that, that the stolen object, that the theft has, has been returned to its proper owner. And if all of them are claiming to be the owner, well, then you got to give it back. You got to, you know, make sure that they all get back, I guess, probably payment. So, so Rib Tarfin seems to be saying that you just kind of leave it there and walk away. Rabbi Kiva says, no, you, you have to make sure that he gets it back. So money, so who is our Mishnah like? Rib Tarfin, if it's Rib Tarfin, Rib Tarfin would say that even in a scenario where he swore, right, when Rib Tarfin says that, just put it down and walk away. That's even if he swore about it, right? They didn't steal it. Just put it down and walk away. So clearly that's not our Mishnah because our Mishnah says you have to make sure that he gets it back. So Yerub Tarfin, Avagab de Ishtiba, Amar Maniach Gizela B'neimu Mestalik. That even though he swore, still, that wouldn't make any difference. Just put the thing down and walk away. Yerub Akiva, and if it's Yerub Akiva, Avagab de Lo Ishtiba, now, Rabbi Kiva, when he says that you have to make sure that the victim gets it back, that would be even if he didn't swear, you would still have to make sure that he gets it back. So our mission seems to be like somewhere in the middle, that it's saying that like when he swears, you got to make sure when he, that he gets it back. If he doesn't swear, then you, can, then you don't have to like be as stringent. So... Reb Tarfin seems to be saying that in any case you don't have to be that stringent, and Reb Kiva is saying that in every case you don't have to be. You you do have to be that stringent. I don't know if I put the emphasis on the right word there, but um, do the people follow what I was saying? So uh, where am I? Okay, so our Mishnah is Rabbi Kiva. There's a Gavaldigarashi over here, uh, to the right to the left of where we are, and maybe about five, ten lines above that. The Olam Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva meikara meadrinon leukme. That we 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 first try to see if it could make sense to be like Rabbi Kiva, Mishum. The kulu tanoe stimtoa aliba drabakiva sosum. Because all of the stam tanoim were based on Rabakiva. Who were Rabakiva's students? Rabakiva's students were Reb Meir, Reb Yehuda, Reb Yossi, Reb Shimon, Reb Balazar. And right, all of the stams, we're going to see this in the Masechta Sanedrin, right? Stam Mishnah is of Meir, Stam Sifra is of Yehuda, Stam Sifra is of Shimon. So all of these Tanoim were students of Rabbi Kiva. So if we have this Mishnah, this unattributed Mishnah, we're trying to figure out who it is. Well, chances are it was from one of Rabbi Kiva's students. So we prefer to first try to see, well, would it make sense to say that the Mishnah is like Rabbi Kiva? Because after all, Mistam, it was from, uh, it's one of his students talking. Okay, Gavalda Garashi. Where are we? 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 The Olam Rabakiva, he. 
So really it is Rabbi Kiva. Okay. V'chika Omar Rabbi Kiva ad she'ishalim gizela l'chol echod ve'echod. And when Rabbi Kiva says that you have to make sure that the victim gets paid back and that in, when all five of them are claiming that they're the victim, so you have to pay all five of them, that specifically if he at first sworn that he didn't steal it, like our Mishnah. Where am I? It's specifically where he swore. My time, how comes I'm recovered? Because the Pazak says, Lasher hu lo yitnenu biyom ashmaso. That you have to make sure that he gets it back, and that's in the context of um, um, uh, this uh, swear. When you swear falsely and then uh, admit it. Okay. Vrib tarfin afalgav de ishtiba ovu rabonata kanto. Whereas Vrib tarfin says, that even though, yes, he swore that he didn't steal it, but the rabbis make a takone, takone sashovim, that they want the guy to do tshuva, and therefore we say, don't, you know, we're not going to drive you crazy, just take the thing and put it down. Detanya, like we learn in Abraiso, Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Omer, takone gedolo, hiskinu, the rabbis made a big takone, a big enactment. Sheim hoisa otsa yisera ala karen that if you know going after right, right, going to I think that that's what it means that if chasing after the victim to return it is going to cost more money than the actual thing that's amount that's being returned. Mishalim karen v'chomish lebezdin. So then just give the karen v'chomish to bezdin. Umevi Ashamo and bring a korban Ashram umiskapilo, and that is enough. So we see that right that even in a situation where he swears, the rabbis kind of take it easy on him because we want him to do tshuva, and therefore Reb Tarfin bases based on that. Reb Tarfin says, you see, we can take it easy on the guy and just put it down, and that's enough. Reb Akiva. Whereas a Bakiva argues and says, no, ki takanto, when the rabbis made such a takano, it's yodo liman gazle. That's where he knows who is the one who he stole from. That um, ultimately, that money is going to get back to the, to, to, to the uh, person who needs it, right? Because he's giving it to the peasant to hold on to for this particular person. The person eventually is going to come pick it up. But, but when he stole from one of five people that he doesn't know who the victim was, that we don't know who exactly to give it back to, the rabbis did not make a takon and you can't just put the money down, right? right? Meaning, 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 when you stole from one person and the expense of getting it back to him is worth more than the, than, than what you're returning itself. So just give it to Bez and Bez will make sure that he gets it back. But in a scenario where there's five people and all of them are claiming that, um, that it belongs to them, you can't just take it and put it in the middle 
because you know there's no likely might will not get back to the person to whom it belongs. Most of Ravuna by Yehuda, Ravuna by Yehuda has the kasha. Amr ben Elazar says Shimon ben Elazar. Lo nechliko Reb Tarfin Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kai Reb Tarfin Rabbi Kiva agree. Al shelokach echod mechamisha ben Yudeh meizem and lokach. If we're talking about a scenario where he purchased something, right? he didn't steal something, he purchased something from one of five people, and he can't remember who he purchased it from and who he owes money, who, who he has to pay. So in that case, even Rabbi Kiva would agree, sure, just take the money, put it down in the middle, and get out of there. You know, you've done your bit. Where do they argue? She gozal echod mechamisha bnei adam ben yudeh meize mein gozal. When he stole from one of five people, and he's not sure from whom he stole. Where am I? Shreb Tarfin Omer that says Shreb Tarfin maniach to make gzela bnei mumestalik. Shreb Tarfin says, okay, just take the value of what you of what you stole, put it in the middle, and go go on your way. And Rabbi Kiva says that no, he needs to uh, return the value to all five. And if it enters your mind that we're talking about a scenario where he had stole, he had sworn that he did not steal it, Mali Lokach Mali Gozal. So what's the difference in the ratio of the safer? Right? Meaning, Reb Shim ben Elazar is saying that in the ratio, Reb Akiva agrees with Reb Tarfin that when he purchased from one of five people and he's not sure from whom he purchased, so he could just take the money and leave it in the middle and leave. But if we're talking about where he swore, I guess that he swore that he didn't purchase it, even though he did, well, then he should still have to make sure that it gets back then to the person. Right? I guess some kind of a knas for having sworn falsely. So if we're talking about Dafka where he swore, then what should be the difference if he purchased it and then swore falsely or if he stole it and then swore it falsely? The owed and more so, Masiv Rav, Rav Asakasha, Maisib Echosid Echor, Oho. There was a Maisib with a Chosid. Shelokach mishne bnei adam that he purchased from one of two people. Vlohay yodei meizemein lokach and he wasn't sure for which one he from whom exactly he purchased. Uvalafnei rib tarfin and he came before rib tarfin this chosid. Om lohanach dmei mekachacha benem v'estalik and rib tarfin advised just take. The value, uh, t- take the money, just put it, if you don't know which, which of the two you purchase from, just take the money, put it down and leave. But if you're back here, oh my low, ain't the chatakone, add to the shalom, the cholechor vechor. And Rabbi Kiva says, no, you have to pay back both of them. If you're not sure who you bought it from, and they both say from them, you have to pay back both of them. So here we have Rabbi Kiva. Saying that even by a purchase, you have to pay back both of them. 
And if we're talking about where he had sworn that he didn't buy it, a chassid, why would a chassid would, would, would lie falsely? What do you mean that? What kind of chassid is a chassid who lies falsely? Then he's not a chassid. And if you can say, well, that was before he became a chassid. Listen up. Wherever we say, that there's a maise with a certain chassid, Rabbi Yehuda ben Bove, oh, Rabbi Yehuda, Whenever we say there's a Maise B'chosir Echad, it's either Rabbi Yudu ben Bove, who was one of the Asari Rugei Malchus. We're going to see a Gemara in Sanhedrin that talks about when he tried to give smicha to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Lazar, I believe. Um, and the Romans killed him. Or it's Rabbi Yudu Barilai. Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava, Rabbi Yehuda bar Biloi, chesidim meikare, de meikare haba. They were always chesidim, they were not ever anything else. So it doesn't make sense to say that we're talking about, that Rabbi Kiva's opinion would be dafka, where he made a false swear. El-Elam, Tarfin, he. So rather, our Mishnah is not Rabbi Kiva's Tarfin. Umo de Rib Tarfin. And Rib Tarfin, who says that you could just put it down and walk away, he does, however, admit, he does, however, agree that Hecha de Ishtiba, that if he swore falsely, that you would have to make sure that it gets back to the victim. My time, I'll come to Amrakar because the puzzle says, La Asheru Lo, Yitnenu Biomash Maso. Because the Pazik says by, 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 by a false swear that you have to make sure it gets back low, that it gets back to him. says, that even in a scenario where he did not swear falsely, Konis, we still, uh, uh, we, we, we still find him to make sure that it gets back to the victim. says, so, so we ask the question, Reb Tarfin, Reb Tarfin, Mirde, we say, Reb Tarfin, I don't understand. Let's see. Hecha de Mishdeba lo sagi de lo hoda. So, when we're talking about that he swore that he did not steal it. So, obviously, we're talking about where he then admitted it. Right? If, if he didn't admit it, then he just swore that he didn't steal it. So, as far as we're concerned, he didn't, he didn't steal it. So, Dafka, we're talking about where he admitted it. But if that's the case, my area of the Nishba, then why is it significant that he, Dafka, swore? I feel below Shavu even if he wouldn't have swore, but he admitted it without swearing, he would have to make sure that he gets it, that the victim gets it back. admits, that if a fellow says to two people, Gazalti Echod Mikem, I have stolen from one of you. Mono. So he admits of his own volition that he stole from one of two people. Ve'enu yodea, and I don't know. Ve'enu yodea, I don't know. Ezemikem, I'm not sure which one of you. Nosin lozemono velozemono. That even Reb Tarfin, who had said earlier that you just take the thing and leave it there and walk away, says that however, if he freely admits that he 
stole uh, from one of two people, well, then he would have to pay back both of them because he has to make sure that they get back their money. Because he already admitted that he owes the money. So therefore, to say that the Mishnah is Rabtarfin is problematic because the Mishnah says that Dafka we're talking about where he swears. But Rabtarfin would say that even if he didn't swear, if he admitted it, he would still have to pay it back, make sure it gets back to the person. Elo Amarava, rather says Rava, shiny mas nisin that our Mishnah is different to came the Yoda, the man, Gazle, since he knows who he stole it from, the Odi lay, and he admits it, Kevin the Efshur le Adure Mamono le More, since it's possible for the money to get back to the victim, Havale Kimando Omar lay, where am I? Vodi le Kevin the Efshur le Adure Mamono le More, Havale Kimando Omar lay. It's like the victim had said to the to 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 to, to the, the to the thief. Yiu li biyodcho. That okay, fine. You know, I'll come back. Okay, hold on to it, and I and I will take it back from you. Hilkoch nishba. Therefore, in a scenario where he swore falsely, li Even though. Shimon says to Reuven, okay, don't worry, hold on to it, and I'll come and get it. Since Reuven swore falsely, he needs to get atonement. Well, he's not going to get atonement until that money gets back to Shimon. But if he didn't swear, so basically basically be like he's a Shomer, that he's watching it, until Shimon comes back and uh, takes it from him. Um, that was Daf Kuv Gimel. I hope you enjoy. Peace out.